Ever feel like you're doing this teaching thing alone? You don't have to be. Share Teaching is all about sharing the workload through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Together, we'll walk through all the difficult parts of teaching and learn how to streamline our processes, fine-tune our time management, and develop a more manageable workload. If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now here's today's Shared Teaching. Welcome back to the Shared Teaching Podcast. You are listening to episode number 25, where I am discussing my writing non-negotiables. So if you are a first-time listener, my name is Susan. I'm the creator behind Shared Teaching. And I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that you are more than welcome to help me come up with future podcast episode ideas. So I do have a Google form, so you can find it from sharedteaching.com forward slash podcast. And it says, I believe, become a shared teaching member. So what you're going to do is you're just going to fill out that Google form. And if you want to leave me like a little voice memo, you can do that. If you just want to type in the form, you can do that as well. If you have questions you want to ask of me that you want me to discuss and kind of go over on a podcast episode, feel free. Use me. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. It is called shared teaching. So I do want to share and collaborate with you, my listeners. And as we keep getting bigger... I would love to start connecting more with you. So please take a moment to look at that Google form. And so now for today's episode, I thought we would talk about my writing non-negotiables. <laughs> Say that five times fast. So every teacher, I believe, should have a set of non-negotiables that they're going to use in their writing instruction. So I realize it's towards the end of the year. Many of us are wrapping up our year, getting ready for summer, and maybe we don't want to be thinking about this now. Or maybe you're like me and you're anxious to start next year nice and smooth, and so you are thinking about all the things planning. And if you are, that's okay. Listen to it now. And if you're not ready for that, then go ahead, stop this episode, and listen to it at another time when you are ready to start thinking about your writing instruction. So I came up with what I consider my 10 non-negotiables. And I didn't put these in any particular order. I just kind of put them as I was thinking about them. So the first thing I would say is probably spelling. Now, there's a lot of different schools of thought of about this, but I teach primary, and right now it's second grade, and it's going to be second grade hopefully next year. I haven't heard of any changes. And so I want students to attempt to sound out words before they start just asking, how do I spell? Because to me, that's a little lazy, right? Most of my students are going to know at least the first sound the word is going to start with that they're asking me. Most of my students were perfectly capable of that this year. Even the ones that came to me for hybrid at the end of March were able to figure out the first letter sound. So have them sound out at least as much as they know. So I always say, well, what does it start with? 
And eventually they kind of get tired of asking me and they start just trying it on their own. Now there are some trickier words like said and things like that. And this is where the other part of my non-negotiable comes. And that is that spelling, inventive spelling is okay in my classroom. Now, I know a lot of teachers want them just to spell it correctly, learn it correctly, but I like to meet students where they're at, and for me, where they're at is inventive spelling, and I figure it's perfectly okay. Now, they do learn the correct spelling, especially if they're sight words, because I use my sight word spelling program, and that incorporates them reading and spelling the words, and then they're tested on spelling those words. So I figure they're kind of already getting it from there. The goal of writing for me is just that they're putting their words down on paper, and I don't want them to get so hung up on what is the right spelling and what is the right letter formation. So that's why I say it's okay for inventive spelling during writing time. Now, they're going to learn the correct spelling during word study, phonics, and their sight word practice. So that's why I'm okay during that time. Okay, number two is I want my students to write in pen. Yes, I know this might sound crazy, but I started this many, many years ago in first grade, and I think it came out of Lucy Calkins. So I know that's also kind of a hit and miss, you love a hater, but she does have some good points. And the one that I liked the most about using the pens is that The kids are not spending nearly as much time when they're writing with pen, erasing, starting over, right? Because they can't. You can't erase the pen. So they kind of write it and they move on. They're not spending forever on the same one or two words, erasing it, trying it over and over again. And I've seen this a lot, especially when students aren't very confident in their writing abilities. They're going to spend that, you know, 20, 30 minute writing block that they have for practice time, just erasing and rewriting. And then by the time the end of the time comes, you're going to look at their writing and go, where's your work? So I allow my students to write in pen. They can be a fine tip black marker, but I do prefer black because when we edit and revise, they're using blue and red. So black is just general everyday writing. And then my other non-negotiable, number three, is that I do want them writing every day. That is very important to me because without daily practice, they're not going to get any better. And if your writing is kind of hit and miss and you don't really have focused time for it, then I feel like the student's writing is going to suffer. And as they get to third grade, where they have to do more higher level standards-based skills testing, maybe even including writing in there, depending on where you live, that's going to be really important. So if we started off young and we build that foundation, then it's going to be very easy for them to write those five paragraph essays and things that they need to do in third going on. Okay, number four is writing prompts. Now, this isn't really a thing I want to do. I only want to use writing prompts for a few lessons because I really want students to come up with their own ideas and write what they want to write. So my non-negotiable is more not to use writing prompts. However, 
There is a time and place for them, but I don't build my writing instruction using just prompts every day because to me, that kind of kills the love of writing. (laughs) Now, you may not agree with me and that's okay. We can agree to disagree, but I like just having kids write stories, write letters to friends, write cards when someone is sick teach more authentic writing. And you don't really get that from a writing prompt. It just says, tell me about your summer vacation. But if you say, "Um, I don't even know. Right now I'm drawing a blank. But for example, in my fiction writing unit that's hopefully coming out by the end of summer, I use a couple writing prompts. And I do that during fiction time because students really struggle, especially in second and first grade, with coming up with different creative ideas when they're writing fiction. So for that, I will give them a specific prompt, but I'm leaving the prompt open enough to build in their own imagination. So for example, I might say something like, you discovered a secret door in your room. And I leave it at that. And so they have to decide, oh, what's the door going to do? When I open the door, what happens? And there's all these different avenues they can kind of take this story. So it's very open-ended to me. Whereas, tell me your summer vacation. I don't know why that one keeps sticking in my head for an example. But for me, that just, you know, they're going to write what one sentence. They're not going to be excited. They're not going to stretch out their work. So having it more open-ended and more a free choice right is really going to get you to see a lot more details in their writing, especially if they're interested in it. Okay, number five for writing non-negotiable is that phonics and word study are done outside of writing time. So I treat my writing time like I would my reading block. And to me, it's pretty sacred because I love writing and I'm consider myself a writer. So I want to instill that in my students. So for me, I don't want to use a valuable lesson time and writing time to put my phonics in my word study. That to me is a small group. It's a whole class in writing time or sorry, reading time. It's not done during writing instruction. Number six is that Every piece of writing should not be taken through the entire writing process and end up published, right? If you think about authors, they definitely don't publish every single thing that they ever write, right? I mean, just look around and think about your old collections of stories. If you used to write stories when you were a kid, did you publish every single one of them? You rewrote them nice and pretty, drew elaborate illustrations. You probably didn't. So we don't want to kind of kill that excitement of publishing by publishing every single thing they write. I want them to teach, I want to teach my students that publishing is special, right? It's, it's a cause for celebration. When a writer finishes something they're super proud of and they really want to publish it, that is an amazing feeling. So I want my students to feel that amazing feeling when it comes time to publish something. So... Because it's second grade, 
Publishing might occur about once a month because you still do need to have them go through that process and get familiar with revising and editing and have practice at those skills. So I usually have them choose each month something that they're going to go through and publish. So how do we do this is number seven with writing folders. So for me, a writing folder is just a plastic pronged folder that has two pockets and one side is finished, one side is they're still working on. And so I like my students to write on loose leaf pieces of paper and then they just store that in their folder until it's time to publish. And then once they've chosen the published piece, they send the other ones home. And I might hold on to the published ones for when we have parent-teacher conferences. So they're choosing as they go through their folders Their writing folders also have sheet protectors in the prongs. So inside those sheet protectors are the ABC chart, the digraphs and blends, the common rhymes, things that will help them with their spelling because that's a tool that they can use and that's perfectly fine. As adults, don't we, you know, Google words when we don't know them or look them up in the dictionary in the old days, right? So we want to instill those same habits in our students that it's okay to ask for help And how do we learn to get that help? We use our writing tools that help us spell. Number eight for my non-negotiable is to use mentor text. Now, I had a previous podcast episode all about mentor text. And to me, they're so important because it gives them a really clear example of amazing writing. And you want them to have those examples. You want to use their peers so that they see what's achievable, but you also want to pick mentor texts that also have things in there that are achievable for them as well. Things like using onomatopoeia, right? You can find those in mentor texts and then you can point them out to students in your writing lessons. And it doesn't have to be read the whole book because I don't often have time for that. So maybe I will save that during read aloud time. But during my writing lesson, I'm just referring back to a couple important pages. I don't always have to read the whole book. So that's a good tip on how to save some time in your writing lessons. (laughs) Because I try to keep mine down to like 15 minutes or less because I need the time for them to write. Okay, number nine to go with my writing is writing goals. I make sure every student in my class has a writing goal. And we share these goals at parent-teacher conferences. They're posted on the wall so students know what they're working on. And they also have a goal sheet that they keep in their writing folder that shows them what goal they're working on. So it's just a reminder like, hey, I'm working on putting capitals at the beginning of my sentences. So they see that paper. When we have a writing conference, we're discussing that goal. And writing conferences as well can be very, very short, just a few minutes per each student. And it doesn't have to be every student every day. As long as you hit them at least you know, once, maybe every other week or every week, depending on how they're struggling in writing, then it can be a short couple minute check-in, right? So what are you working on today? Okay, show me what what your goal is and let's read what you have so far. Oh, remember your goal is to make capitals. So where are your capitals in this sentence? And if you're seeing that they're applying that, then maybe it's time to get a new goal for them. So this is also a product that I'm going to have published finally in my store. It's been on my computer for years, I feel like, and I've used it a couple years in my own classroom. So now it's time to let other people have it. And so 
writing goals is very important. You want to give students a focus on what they're working towards. And you just want to pick one simple thing like writing the capitals or making sure they have end punctuation in their sentences. Okay, the last but not least, number 10 for my writing non-negotiables is writing partners. I really believe that students really, they love working together, right? So we want to feed into that. And the way we do that is to give them a writing partner. So at the very beginning of the year, I start off very early. I assign each student a writing partner and I tell them this is the person they're going to sit with during writing lessons. So if you have a big enough room, I unfortunately don't anymore, but I used to be able to have kids come down and sit on the carpet in front of the whiteboard. And this is where um, we would sit elbow to elbow, knee to knee with our writing partner. And they would listen to the writing lesson. And then after the writing lesson, they would use their partner for whatever I had as a focus. So for example, in the beginning of the school year, the focus is generally, what are we going to write today? You're going to turn and you're going to tell your partner. So one partner always goes first and you kind of assign that in the beginning before you give the instruction. So you might say, okay, partner A's today are the ones that are going to start last. So partner B's are going to go first. And so you want partner B's to tell their other partner what they are writing today. And so you're going to ask them to maybe finger tell their story across their fingers, right? So they're going to have a beginning, middle, and end. Make sure that they point to one finger for the beginning, then they go to the second finger. And usually in the beginning of the school year, you're going to get three sentences, one for the beginning, one for the middle, one for the end. And the end will probably be, and I loved it, or it was fun. (laughs) So those are what you're going to build into your instruction later to kind of get those out, right? So the responsibilities change and they grow as the year progresses. So you want to make sure that those partners are taking on more responsibilities. You also want to make sure that you're mixing up the partners once you start seeing that they're not blending very well anymore or you see other students with similar goals and those really should be paired together or you can do a higher student with a lower student to kind of like give them that support. So it's up to you how you want to set up those writing partners. But as the year goes, you want to make sure that what they're doing with their writing partner is progressing. So maybe it's no longer just tell your partner what you're going to write today. Okay, now you can go off and write. But at the end of the year, maybe it's, you know, the revision and the editing together or they're helping plan the paper out. So there's a lot of different things you can do with writing partners and Those are my 10 non-negotiables. So for number one, we had spelling. Students should always attempt to spell it first, and that inventive spelling is okay in my classroom. Number two is that students write in pen when they are doing writing instruction. They don't write in pen all day. It's just during my writing instruction. Number three is that I allow for daily writing of stories. And when I say stories, I mean nonfiction and fiction. I just say stories broadly. Number four is that writing prompts are only used in smaller situations. It's not my end-all be-all of my writing instruction. Number five is that phonics and word study is done outside of writing time. Number six is that I am not having students publish every story that they write. 
We are just choosing a special story and maybe once a month. Number seven is that each student has a writing folder that they collect their writing until they're ready to publish. Number eight is the use of mentor text. Number nine is assigning every student a writing goal. And number 10 is also to assign a student a writing partner. So I hope you got a lot out of this episode, and I hope that you will be back next Wednesday for another episode, and I will see you then. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching, hitting that subscribe button, and leaving us a review on iTunes, so we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on shareteaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast. Two prong, or not two prong, but a plastic letter and the sound that makes, or the, <laughs> or no, capable of,